Welcome to the Help Club for Moms podcast. Each week we offer biblical encouragement and practical ideas to help you know the love of Jesus Christ more deeply and become the woman, wife, and mother you were created to be. We're so glad you're here. It's going to be a great day. Hello, everyone. My name is Deb, and I am so honored and so thankful to be here with you guys today and to be with my very, very special guest, Ben DeAnda from Magnify Jesus Ministries. And Ben is very special to our ministry because he has helped several of our team members to really understand more of scripture and to be able to love God with our mind, with understanding how to see certain things in scripture that maybe we wouldn't have seen before. So Ben, welcome to the Help Club for Moms. We're so happy to have you here. Oh, what a joy. <laughs> Good. I have learned so much from you, Ben. Well, and likewise from you as well. You know, when we all pray together and we step into seeing and feeling, experiencing Jesus, honestly, you affirm our uh, communion with him. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I went to one of your conferences, Ben, in California, and I learned so much. I had never learned. I heard you and you have the most amazing vocabulary to describe scripture of anyone I've ever heard in my life. And I think someone has actually called you like if, if there were psalmists now, like, uh, you know, like a, you would have been like a like a David. I think you you really remind me of David. Wow. And, um, just the way that you talk about Jesus and you talk about God and how much you love him. And uh, it's really wonderful. I'm in this Zoom group, you guys. Every Saturday, I meet uh, with Ben and his team at 2.30 Mountain Time and 1.30 Pacific Time. And we go through really loving God with our minds by visualizing scripture and experiencing Jesus. Now, Ben, experiencing Jesus can feel like a, like a really weird thing to say. Like, what, what does that mean to you? Well, I mean... I was thinking about this this morning is that at our very basis, we all had an experience with Jesus when we had our salvation experience, right? I mean, for each one of us, it was incredibly different. For me, and I'd love to hear yours at some time too. <laughs> we need to do that sometime. But for me, I feel like I was kind of born into it. I was born into a Christian family. I know I asked for Jesus to come into my heart when I was like three or younger than that and had honestly beautiful experiences with the Lord. And it set a record in my heart, even though it was before I can maybe remember, I've always had a desire and a passion for him, for how I've felt him and known him and seen him and how he's kind of borne witness in my spirit throughout time. And so my mom used to always say when I was younger that if I had the Holy Spirit, I would always be okay because I would have him to lead me and guide me and give me that discernment. And that's what it's done my whole life. It's always been my compass and guiding point. So that's experiencing him, knowing where he wants me to go. You know, I remember when I came to Christ, I, well, first time, I, if I want to say I was the kid that my neighbors and the people would take me to church. Like I was the neighbor kid from a troubled home. And so people would be like, hey, uh, how about if I take your daughter to your vacation Bible school? And and I remember that being saved the first time I want to, I, I don't know why I would say the first time. I think that's actually where I was saved was when I was 12. Uh-huh. But I didn't have any discipleship, but I remember that feeling. Yeah. You can't not walk down the aisle. It was at a Baptist church and I had to walk down and make that commitment. And then I came to Christ for, you know, and and I really came to Christ for once and for all. I dedicated my life to him when I was 23. 
And I remember that too. I could, you yeah. just can't not come to him when he calls you. Mm-hmm. See, those are the experiences of Christ. You know, like one isn't more significant than the other necessarily, but you came into more knowledge and understanding of him. Like the word says by the renewing of your mind. And so what we do and what we practice is continuing to have similar experiences like you did at your salvation time or when, you know, it's many people's testimony that they were living in a lot of sin. Maybe they were taking drugs or alcohol or came out of, you know, abuse, but their life radically changed when Jesus came into their heart or when they said a simple prayer by his spirit and then you know, the lights turn on. Many people explain it like technicolor, right? Like when they first get saved, everything went from sepia (laughs) to full blown color and light and smell and senses. And uh, that's what we do. We just continue to engage who Jesus is and that it's not supposed to be a one-time experience. He gave you that door of access so that you can continue to know how he wants to be received in your life. Of course, the first one's going to feel bombastic because it's jarring right (laughs) in the best way you're brought into fullness of life but then he wants to keep bringing you through that you know those levels of development too that are marking that's so good one time ben i was in your your zoom group and i don't know how it came about i was thinking about the scripture you probably mentioned something about the lamb of god that was slain before the beginning of the world yeah. And uh, when, when we, this was some, so a way that I experienced Jesus in your Zoom group. And so I started thinking about that scripture, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And then I started thinking about the words in Genesis that said, in the beginning, the earth was formless and void and, there, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then I started thinking about, I just got this picture in my mind of Jesus and God the Father standing there looking out into the darkness into the void and god the father turned to jesus and of course holy spirit was there right they've always been together the trinity and god the father looked at jesus and said when we do this when we create the earth you are going to have to come and die a brutal death on a cross to save them and i got this beautiful picture of jesus looking out into the void and he saw all of our faces and he wow. said, I will come. And I still see that picture in my mind. And it's those scriptures together, mm-hmm. right? And so I see them, but it makes it so meaningful to me. And honestly, it just makes me want to cry because I really feel God's love when I think about that scripture. And so what about you? What is your favorite or one of your, I know you have a lot probably. Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> well, I love how what you just explained too, because it was the spirit of understanding. It's the spirit of truth coming into your life and unfolding the word. One of my friends, Eric Gilmore, always says how there's only one book where the author has to be present and it's reading and it's the word, right? The Holy Spirit has to be present for you to even be able to grasp and behold and understand and experience what he's even conveying to you. And you've probably even noticed in your walk with the Lord, like mine, in the beginning, this was a difficult thing to apprehend by heart and mind, but it it's really like the Holy Spirit. I don't know how many times when I've just sat and said, okay, Holy Spirit, help me understand this. And it blooms like a flower and begins to like give this beautiful effervescence of its strength and its love and its power. And just all of a sudden you start to think things that maybe even aren't written on the page. They just, it's almost like it's between the lines and that's kind of 
what he brought you into the experience of. He read the book to you, you know, <laughs> when you're with him. And what's beautiful about the picture you gave is that, so it's called meditating upon the word, basically. We're called to meditate upon the word, stand in the word, stand as this is your truth and that this is your holisticity and your everything. You know, these words are inscribed upon our heart that are flesh. I take the word extremely literally, maybe more than others, but like that means I want to see, you know, the man who is the author of faith, which is Christ Jesus, like it says in Hebrews, he's the author and finisher. So it means Jesus is there. This is what meditating is. You're actually going, wait, Jesus is standing there with quill in hand or pen, whatever technology he's using, <laughs> or his blood, honestly. He's writing and authoring our life and our faith by his own hand. You know, what does that look like? What does that feel like? And it, it becomes extremely personal then as you sit and wait, like wait upon the Lord. It becomes your strength. You wait in stillness. And then the Lord, the Father reveals and honors you in public, which you steward in private by letting these truths just soak and marinate. Or like one of my friends says, like pickle with the goodness of God. Just like these are his truths. He is authoring my faith. It actually takes nothing of myself. He used his own pen of blood to make sure that the man who is faith finishes my faith for me. And then, you know, like Hebrews 11 is the hall of fame of our patriarchs of faith, like Abraham, right? Here's a man that left his home and everything he knew to step out into the wilderness to see the kingdom of God at hand, that God who spoke to him, it said Abraham spoke to God face to face. So, I mean, begin now you begin to grapple with, you know, it's one place it says you can't look upon God and survive. In other places, Abraham looked at God face to face. Moses saw his back. And then Jesus himself says, if you've looked at me, you've seen the Father. So that gives a completely different permission, right? Like we have Christ in us. So we have permission then to know the way. That's what he told the disciples. If you've seen me, you know the way. You know, you know the way of the Father. You just know. And so we received that through that first experience of receiving Jesus and salvation. And so now we all know the way. But it's by just making the main thing the main thing. Just Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to only pursue Jesus. And I'm not going to get off that way. Because <laughs> he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. I love that. It was, uh, I love how the word says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And I love say Moses. Is it Moses that sat with God face to face as a friend, or was it Abraham? I always get them confused. There's a lot of similarities between the two, right? They're both fathers of the faith for us. And you know, Moses scribed through experiencing, you know, before it was tradition, you know, passed down. But Moses sat with God and God revealed his history with him. It was incredibly intimate. And then you have the Pentateuch, you know, scribed from the witness of the Holy Spirit with Moses just being in continual adoration and love and didn't want to leave the, the tent of meeting. And he became a model to the nation of Israel that he always wants to be before God. He always wants to be there. What does he see? What does he know? What does God tell him? To the point where they were even in fear because of how his, his face shone and they didn't even want to follow him up the mountain. <laughs> but there was a boldness of like a witness where, you know, now that we're in the new covenant, 
we're allowed permission to go where Moses went. You know, we don't have to have the fear anymore. Like, again, that's Hebrews 12. Before they stood in trembling, you know, before the mountain of God, now we have free access and we're registered in heaven. Our name is literally written in heaven. You know, we can stand where Moses did and where the law is now fulfilled. It's actually even there. That's a beautiful picture. Like we're, we're going to the place where Moses received the law and see the law fulfilled. You know, it was by his hand. <laughs> that is so beautiful. And you know what I love? What you just said about Moses is that he just wanted to be with God. He just wanted to sit with him and be with him. And, and I, that's such a model for us today. I remember being at that first conference with you. And you know, I don't remember who said it, but they were up on stage. And they said, Jesus is sitting at a low, like a table. In my mind, I got this whole picture in my mind. I don't know if he said it or if I said, I can't remember, but I was blown away by this picture in my mind. It said, Jesus is sitting at a table and he's waiting for you. And in my mind, I, I, I got this picture of Jesus in like this Mediterranean table where you sit on the floor with the cushions and he had all my favorite food at the table and tea and <laughs> candlelit and we were talking like, like me and you were talking, Ben, you know, we're talking and when he talks, he's the word, right? And when I, you know, yeah. when I talk, I'm telling him my heart and how, you know, how I'm feeling and, and and he speaks back to me. And I just, it was so beautiful to think of our time with Jesus like that. Who wouldn't want to be with Jesus all the time? When you think about that reality of our time with him, that's really what it is. We are sitting at the table with him, mm-hmm. talking, and it's just, it's so beautiful. <laughs> The word became flesh, right? And so there you are sitting at the table and you're receiving the word from the man who is the word. And then you also know this is a safe place to be because the words I'm hearing are words that have been written by his spirit in here. I mean, how often have you sat with the Lord and something's popped into your head and it turns out, wait, that's that's Bible. He actually is speaking to me by his, by his word. <laughs> That's communion. And actually what's beautiful about your table word picture is that that's exactly Jesus offering communion, right? He sits there before his disciples, which you were one, were his disciples, were his followers, were his witnesses that he called us to be. And he broke bread and gave forth his wine, his flesh and his blood. And then he says to us, you know, do this in remembrance of me, make this a practice. And so that's what you were doing. You were sitting at the table where Jesus says, do this in remembrance. And he opened it up to me one day as I was meditating upon that. And basically that is saying, have communion, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, like he says to do, and then remember me. And I found it being this, like having my time of communion with the Lord, with elements has been like, I guess doorway is a good word of actually all of a sudden I remember. It's like, I remember what he did kind of like the Jews do. The Jews did have a wonderful practice of, you know, having tradition with family of, we remember the Passover. We remember when the Lord delivered us out of Israel. And so same too for us in the new covenant, we're taking the elements and we're remembering Jesus baptized Jesus overcoming the enemy in the wilderness on my behalf and overcoming temptation so that it's not my struggle, it was his struggle that he overcame for me. 
Jesus, I remember when you went to the cross. Jesus, I remember you bleeding in Gethsemane, praying the high priestly prayer and blood pouring from your brow, asking the Father to receive me as you received us, that we would be with you and glorified with you. Jesus, I remember you on the cross that so few are willing to look at. You know, I was talking with Deb the other day, and I was saying, I've seen a markable difference in people's lives of the ones that have looked or been willing in their heart. When I say look, I mean being willing to meditate on and kind of like picture what the cost actually was. Like, what were Jesus's emotions? What did it feel like? You know, it said all sin came upon him, right? Now, if you've ever struggled with depression or been abused or hurt or struggled with any of that, Jesus took that upon him. So as big as it feels on your life, I think about this quite often, like with people that say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, kill me. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed, like I could die. (laughs) You know, in your reality in that moment for that individual, it is everything to them. And then we know there's another day, right? Everything changes a day later. But in our most overwhelming situation, he took on that, that was yours, but also all of humanity. What did Jesus feel? And then you begin to get permission to your heart to say, and your mind really, he felt this. My pain is his pain. Oh, we actually shared this in a way. The word said we were co-crucified. Does that mean I was crucified too, Jesus? Does it mean I was, you know, what I literally, so what was mine was his? Oh, I'm actually communing with what Jesus did on my behalf. And I had a part in it. He had me with him even then. Like you said, he was crucified before the foundation of the earth. It means it was already done. You know, that's what was a beautiful picture for you is that it's very freeing to me like that. What you saw or felt or heard was, wait, Jesus decided to do this even before I existed. So it's not so much about me believing it or feeling like, you know, Am I worth it? You know, that kind of thing. I think we all have those like little mini trepidations inside of ourselves. Like, you know, wow, he even sealed this before it began. (laughs) You know, that's very freeing and liberating, I think, to our heart and our mind to just like really agree with what he did for us. So like I was saying, it's markable when we go, I'm actually going to meditate upon the cost because I've noticed a lot of people get stuck at the crucifixion and the pain. But then you have to then take communion in the elements and then go, I remember when you went to hell on my behalf, you know, it said Jesus descended who ascended. He had to go and overcome and take the keys of life and death for the enemy so that I can be alive. He overcame death on my behalf so that we can have eternal life. Then I'm going to have to engage in that truth too. And then we meditate and remember when we take communion. Oh, you rose from the dead for me. What did it look like when you took your first breath, Jesus? So see, when you start to meditate and meditate, not as it was actually a Christian word first before it belonged to anyone else in in scripture, right? Meditate upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord. He is your strength. You know, we're just reading these words, but they're supposed to resonate with our heart and with our love. And when we open up our heart, now we're actually seeing Jesus's passion. It's not just like the passion of the pain. It's the passion of his love for us, of he would go through this for me. And I kind of, in a way, went through it with him in my small way. And 
honestly, many times I get, I, it really messes me up in the depth of me when oftentimes I'll have this kind of hit me when I'm in worship at church is we're worshiping. I think Jesus saw us on the cross worshiping him, that he's up there paying the price for all and he's going to go, I see Deb knowing why I'm doing this for her. You know, he sees you and it seals in him why he's up there and taking it all on because you're going to love him the best you possibly can. Not that it's like something we have to conjure up, but just saying yes and saying, I'll look at you up there on the cross. I mean, it's painful, you know, but I think it's like a good pain, (laughs) you know, really. And you know what? It's really appropriate because we're in Lent. We just started Lent. Yeah. yeah. And we have about 14 minutes left. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take a moment maybe open us up in prayer and just sure. lead us through. I mean, we're obviously not being crucified with Christ, but we're able to, to see it a little bit more clearly and to look upon the cross. Like you said, we really should be looking mm-hmm. and then thinking about, you know, the resurrection, of course, you know, and it's, I feel like it's going to make our Lent and our Easter Sunday, our resurrection Sunday, even more special. Yeah. You know, the, this way the word becomes a pop-up book before you, right? Like it's not just going to be words on a page. You're actually, your heart's going to beat faster, you know, when you see and relate. Like, I feel like Jesus is just wanting you to relate a little bit to him and just not know, you know, like, because he is God, I think sometimes our perception of him can make him seem much more like untouchable or removed from our understanding. But he wants to, you know, renew our minds to have the mind of Christ. So we're called to have his mind, which means we're going to have his thoughts, which means, does that mean I have his memories too? Like, you know, if I'm remembering, so I'm just saying like meditate upon the the word that has become flesh and let this word become flesh in front of you. And, you know, God breathed life into his scriptures. He is the breath of life. He breathed into the lips of Adam The spirit is breath. He is wind. So even like, wow, you know, the spirit is like the wind that blows throughout the earth and we don't know where it comes from. Let it be like a witness and a testimony when you feel a breeze, you know, and even still scientists can't describe where wind comes from. So in a way we're just like, you know, glory of God, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) the Holy Spirit is within this earth and there's a wind and it's his presence, you know. Like, just let those little things minister to you. But yeah, like, so thank you, Jesus, Jesus. (laughs) that you are witnessing to us. And I feel like you're even just reminding us to take communion. I feel like some of you even be willing to take out like a piece of bread, piece of grape juice, you know, in a cup or, you know, one of my friends kind of jokes, like if you have a piece of pizza and water, you know, he can... (laughs) Whatever is going to be a symbol for you of engaging with Jesus. We want you to experience him like when you first became, when you were baptized, you know, when you first said yes and your heart burned within you, like they, like their hearts burned on the road to Emmaus. Let our hearts burn again. Like we were even standing with you on the road to Emmaus and didn't even know it was you. They didn't even know it was him. How often is Jesus next to us and we just didn't recognize him standing beside us. But Jesus, we're just turning our hearts and affection towards you, you know, but just by faith, 
Jesus, author our faith into a further perfection to be able to turn our affections over to you where we don't know how to through our own strength, but we actually yield just by being still and knowing that you are God. And in this stillness, we're just honoring um, your goodness. So Jesus, I feel like in this stillness and holding up these elements, you are the word that became flesh with your blood that was shed for us, shed upon us, shed through us on our behalf. And so God, I even say, I'm willing in my heart to behold what your passion looks like and not cower in fear because my fears were actually set upon a cross and nails were put through them. Fear had nails put through them. So what right do I have if my sins are forgotten by the Father to remember my sins if the Father's forgotten them? Thank you that I remember by taking your fellowship of communion that you know I have been made white as snow. I'm a clean and happy sheep following Jesus. You know, we have white wool <laughs> made clean by the shepherd who's so attentive and caring. And because I can look upon the cross and know that you bore everything that's hurt me or that I have suffered or has caused pain to me or my heart or tormented my mind or where I felt like I need freedoms from something that I don't understand, all those things had nails put through them. But now, Jesus, I'm willing because you completed all things to believe in the truth of what you said that it is finished. If you, oh God, said that it is finished, then it must be resolved. And so then I'm going to take on the word that is flesh and take you at your truth that does not you know, return to you void. And I'm going to agree with you and say, it is finished and I am free. And I believe the same way that you were resurrected. I had to have been resurrected with you, as the word said, like we were co-crucified, we were co-resurrected. And then Ephesians 1 says we were co-ascended, just mean that we are always in Jesus. He took us with him. He wants us so close to him, he can't go anywhere apart from us. And so, you know, awaken my heart, Lord, to that truth, like Ephesians, you know, give light to understanding to the renewing of my mind. That these words would become truth in my heart. And because I'm no longer affixed to the cross, I too can realize that I walk in resurrection life. Because I meditate upon the fact that you were risen, so I am risen. You're alive, so I'm alive. You were translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your glorious light, and in you is no darkness at all. So if I'm with you, you're eradicating any darkness around me. And I agree with it in any form of repentance in my heart, 
just by the things that you bring to my thinking. Jesus, is there something that I need to repent for? And if I think of something that stands in the way of me and you, I'll relinquish it immediately because I desire to be as close as possible to you because I know that's your ultimate desire. Otherwise, you would not have borne the cross on my behalf. May I feel the love of your passion that continued after the cross and into eternity and that continues to this day and is continually pointed towards me. Love overcomes all things and it's continuing to overcome. (laughs) I'm so thankful, God. See, like when we step into like just saying yes to what he says, we don't even have to like conjure Thanksgiving. You know, like a lot of people are practicing gratitude and it's more like a forceful thing. Like, (laughs) I guess I'm thankful for what I have. You know, like when you start to go, wow, you know, (laughs) I have a lot to be thankful for. (laughs) When he starts to, it just comes, it bubbles up inside of you. And you find yourself just praising spontaneously, huh? (laughs) That was so amazing. And I, I had never thought about looking back on the cross like that before. I mean, I've read through the, you know, the story of book of John and the other apostles during Lent. And I like to think about him, but I never really thought about the details until the last conference that I was at the magnify in California where you walked us through the whole crucifixion. I mean, it, it took us a good 45 minutes, I think. And there was crying in the room, you know, mm-hmm. people were crying. And I remember I had to leave right after that. And I got into my Uber and the guy was kind of rude to me, but I was like, Jesus died for this guy. I mean, do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Such a sense of love for him. I, I don't think I've ever wow. had such an appreciation or an understanding of, of how much Jesus loves everybody until I really thought about the different details of the crucifixion and what he went through and then going down to hell and just everything that you described that day. And so I'm really thankful for that. And I'm thankful for, for how you talked about it today. And I know that it's really going to help set our Lent season off uh, with all of our moms here. It's going to be a meaningful Lenten season to really think about the Lord. Oh, I know it. And even if this is new for you, you know, just, Like you said, just read through the experience again. Start at the point of communion at the Last Supper. Go through the garden and then just picture it, you know? Like I was realizing the other day when we were praying together, what did it look like when John followed Jesus up the Mountain of Olives? Did he know this? You know, like how you can kind of get a feeling for like, you know, you hear stories about someone who, this sounds grim, but you know, someone whose husband passed away or something. And it's like, they had a knowing, they had a feeling something was wrong that day. Did John have a feeling when he walked up the mountain following Jesus? I mean, Jesus gave every warning. When you read it, he's like, I'm not going to be with you anymore. So, I mean, he told them. (laughs) So did they know, do they also feel that as they were walking up the mountain and he desired them to stay awake on his behalf, you know, they were right there across from him. What if we were right there outside the gate? Like they were, we've stayed awake, you know. He just, he was praying for us. He was praying for them. They couldn't stay awake. Would we have, you know, just thinking about those things just 
It makes us part of the story with him, I feel like. <laughs> it makes us feel closer to him. Yeah. And as Christ followers, he's in us. Yeah. He's there all the time. He doesn't leave us. And so reading the Bible like that and really putting yourself in the scenes and thinking about how the, the different people were feeling or, you know, what was happening. And I just think it's amazing. So thank you. I can't wait to come to the next conference, The Way. Yeah. And it is March 18th and 19th. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we, how can uh, we get more information? I want everybody to know how to connect with you. I'll be at that conference. <laughs> Amazing. So come with Deb. <laughs> I'm so excited to come. And then you're also going to Denver. You're going to Denver. And I have a bunch of people yes. that are coming with me. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And is that the third and the fourth? What, what day, April? Actually, no. I can actually tell you. Because <laughs> I've been telling people like crazy. It's the first weekend of April. So the first and the second, and that's in Denver. At which yes. church is that? I think it's called Encounter Church. It's not hosted by them. It's hosted by a friend of mine, um, Tabitha Wade, called P3 Prayer House. So their whole centric focus is prayer like us. So and wonderful other heroes of the faith will be speaking too. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So uh, what I'll do is I'll put a link to your website in this, mm-hmm. and it's magnify.org. Yep. Super simple. <laughs> or both of those events on magnify.org? Uh, they will be. Yes. Yeah. All right. So then just come and then how can my friends connect with you on Zoom? On Zoom, we pray every Saturday as Deb was sharing with you on magnify.org. There's a link in the you know upper right hand side, I believe that says remnant prayer. And there's a link there that for you to join our Facebook group. And we'll see that you're friends with Deb or help club for moms. And uh, we'll have you join us. Mm -hmm. And then they can join there or they could also join on Zoom or whichever one. Yes. Yes. We'll find out information in that Facebook group, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So thank you, Ben. I'm just going to close this up in a little prayer. And uh, uh, Lord, I thank you so much for Ben. Thank you for his ministry. Lord, I look forward to his books. (laughs) And I look forward to reading anything that he's going to decide to write to uh, help us all to just continue to learn more about you and how we can encounter you. And Lord, I just thank you for his heart and how he loves you and how he loves um, just the body of Christ. And he really shares the love of Jesus with everyone that he comes into contact with. And I pray a blessing over the conferences coming up. I pray a blessing over the remnant prayer group. And Lord, I just pray for anyone here that needs more that wants to know more about how to become a Christian. Lord, I pray that they would leave a comment here or or they would connect with Ben in the remnant group or people that want to go deeper, that they would connect with the remnant group. God, I just pray that each of us would remember something today for the rest of our lives, Mm -hmm. that we will have learned something today that will deeply affect us and help us to walk more closely with you for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben. God bless you. All right. I'll see you guys next time. And I might see you Saturday if you join the Remnant Prayer. So thank you, guys. Bye-bye.